Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. Uh, in this episode, I speak with Roland Nickel. Uh, uh, or Nicole. I never actually learned how to say his last name properly. Uh, so Roland lives out in here, out here in L.A., but he is from Exeter, same town that uh, I'm from. He's uh, good friends with my younger brother, Chris, and he had previously been in a band with both my brother, Chris, and my brother, Tim. Uh, he's been out here for about four years, and he's a, uh, right at the traffic light. He's a graphic designer and a bassist. And, uh, yeah, it was a great chat with him. Uh, check it out. Hey, guys, something cool for Season 2. Uh, I now have a sponsor. Uh, that sponsor is WeAreDapperTies.com. It's a company that was started by two brothers, Andrew and Julian. Um, they have a whole selection of different types of ties. You know, there's plenty of occasions where you're going to need a tie. I I pulled up the website. I checked it out. If I need to order a tie, I'm going to go to this website first because it's less expensive than in the store. And if you use the promo code TRUTH on WeAreDapperTies.com, you'll get free shipping. Normally costs you 5 bucks to get it shipped, but free shipping anywhere in the U.S. if you put in promo code TRUTH on WeAreDapperTies.com. So, uh, yeah, we are Dapper Ties. Check them out, guys. Okay. I went back. Um, Jeff, the boy, got married. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I played a wedding. So you played at the wedding or at a wedding? I used okay. to be in a wedding band. Okay. So I left on good terms. It was like a really high-end sort of agency gets the sure. you know gets the work. So I try to make it back once a year. Yeah. Or once a summer. I was gonna say I think it was last summer. Oh, hey. Was the last time I saw you? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, how many? How long have you been out here now? Almost four years. Okay. Yeah. What? Um. Because you, you have like a regular band out here, right? Yeah, I. The uh, man. Because I, mean, I know you do the graphic design thing, yeah. but like, like, is that your is that your main thing, and the music's. Kind of on the side, or you kind of do them both? Well, a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, living out here. Gotta have a couple irons and a couple fires. Sure. Yeah. You know, but like at the same time, I've been lucky to have a lot of people that are doing, you know, great things with their music or on tour with people. So it's like it's a, having a good network. Um, I've stumbled across some good gigs. Yeah. Um, playing with people who are on tour. With some people, last year I was on tour with this band VHS Collection quite a lot. Yeah, you know we played Lollapalooza, bunch of festivals, Austin City Limits. Yeah, um, and then this past year, sort of been focusing on more of a original project. Mm-hmm. This group called Beers. Um, and Which where'd you get the name for that from? Uh, the singer's head was up his ass, and I think that's where he found it. He thought it was Apollo, but it was a name called Beers. Nice. <laughs> He's a massive Star Wars fan. Yeah, that's what I assumed. It was funny. I was, um, uh, the, the six, you know, episodes one through six, they yeah. were doing like a, they were doing a marathon the last couple of days, and we caught in and out, and, uh, oh, the, caught, uh last night we were, Eating dinner, uh, no, it was lunchtime. Empire Strikes Back was on, and you know, it's the best one. Uh, yeah, by far. Well, it was funny because we had a my friend who she's like fourteen years younger than me, so she like the prequels to her are not that bad because she was a little kid when they came out. Okay, so uh, she didn't have really much standard to. Well, she likes the originals better, but yeah. like when the, she wasn't let down. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that was where, that was like her first experience with Star Wars. Like she saw them episodes one, two, three. I mean, I'll be honest. Episode one, 
is the second worst movie ever made. Is so which ones? So you you. I think episode two is worse than episode one. Episode two is the worst. Yeah, the worst. It may be the worst film. The second, yeah, it's awful. Yeah, and then I want to say, Revenge of the Sith is next. Yeah, and then worse than episode one. Yeah, because episode one at least you got Darth Maul. Yeah, Darth Maul. He's probably like one of the best villains. And Qui Gon Jinn is a decent character. Yeah, Um, and then like you have like the newer. Um, compositions, the score, yeah, whatever that. I think you could take probably an hour from episode one, an hour from episode three, and about eleven minutes from episode two, and make a halfway watchable movie. Probably. Um, episode one just has, I mean, yeah, just what's his name, Jar Jar, that just yeah. ruins everything. But um, yeah, when. Uh, Empire was on yesterday. I, you know, I turned to my friend and because, you know, when uh, Vader was telling General Veers the ready his, his troops yeah. for a ground attack, you know, I told her and I forget the actor's name, but he's the only guy who's played a villain in yeah, Star yeah. Wars, Indiana Jones, and James Bond. He's been a villain in all three franchises. Oh, what was he in James Bond? I don't remember which one because I'm not a big Bond fan. Yeah, but, and he's like the main bad guy in um, Last Crusade. Yeah, he's the one that shrivels up. Yep. Yeah. 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 Donovan something around. Yeah, no. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember when we named it, like, obviously I'd seen him before, but I checked out his... It's a pretty good Star Wars reference without being very obvious, because exactly. a lot of people aren't going to know. No, like, I mean, because Chris had that band, the Admiral Akbar Initiative. It's a little too... Yeah. Everybody knows Akbar. Sure. And he's kind of like... I don't know. I feel like... I feel like they put him in The Force Awakens, like, I mean, it was cool to see him, but I was like... Did they? Yeah, he's... Uh, have you not seen it? I have. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, he's... But it's weird because they... It's not the same... Co- both him and Neen Num, who's the guy with the fucking pussy lips for his face. Yeah. Um, he's in it as well, but it's not the same costume at all, and it's like... Because in... What's the... Where's Veers and... Oh, no, no, not Veers Akbar. That's what I was talking about. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I felt like it was a little bit of like fan service because, like, I mean, there are certain characters that in the years between when the original trilogy came out and then when the prequels came out that like kind of developed a life of their own. I mean, Boba Fett certainly because yeah. Boba Fett's only in the, in the original trilogy for like twelve minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, and still the show in some sort of yeah. But like, way. I mean, and that's kind of why I also feel like. Like, I'm not excited about a Boba Fett origin movie because I'm like, part of what's interesting about them is you don't the know mystery. shit about them. Yeah, it's the mystery. Yeah, so giving me an origin story is just going to be like, who cares? I mean, they're just exploiting at that point. <laughs> yeah, they're like, it'll get butts and seats and yeah. then people, I mean, so far I think Disney's handled the property well at some point. Yeah, like, at some point they're going to make a disappointing movie and you'll be like, okay, I mean, it might be next summer when the Han Solo movie comes out. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've changed so many directors so many times that you don't even know. Yeah. How, like, how do you chop? Is it going to be chopped up? And Yeah, you know, well, I've, I, I, I kind of feel like, I mean, because they also, what's his, the guy who's directing episode nine already quit, and they're like, all right, yeah. we'll bring J.J. Abrams. Yeah, why don't they just have him the whole time? Yeah. Like, I like Force Awakens. Um, I didn't like... Rogue One. Rogue One was, I... Yeah. But that whole spiel at the end with Princess Leia, that was, that was stupid. garbage. Yeah, and the fact, like... It's trash. The first scene that Grandma Tarkin's in where he's looking out the window, looking at the Death Star, I'm like, yeah. that's a cool way to do it. That, he's just yeah, this but one then scene. having full scenes with him talking, like, yeah, on CGI. Yeah, just like, fucking enough. There, there's no need to do that. There's, like, you, you're, you're not making the, the film in an artistic way. Like, film is, is used... To have these sort of ways to, you know, show something without not showing it all. Sure, and they already had a movie where he was the main bad guy. It was called Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, sure. That's the thing that like a lot of people don't even think about. The Darth Vader is basically like a right hand man for for the bulk of, you know, the first film. You know, which yeah, it's now called a New Hope, but it wasn't called a New Hope when it totally. was a new movie. But um, you know. Uh, yeah, and I thought the Princess Leia thing was just... Oh, it's just cheap. It looks terrible. And they did it before she died. Like if they just showed it to her 
like showed like the back of her yeah, head. Yeah, because when they showed the back of her head, I'm like, that's cool, they should cut yeah. there. And they're like, no, she turns around and it's a video game talking. It's like, like is the Tupac hologram going to yeah. show up next? <laughs> For real. Yeah, it was like, I was like, oh man, I sort of left a bad taste in my mouth. Did you see, um, have you seen Blade Runner? I haven't yeah. seen that. Um, yeah, I mean, came out Friday, it just right? came out Friday. I, that was the one thing that I you like, saw. Yeah, I saw it Saturday night because um, I told my friend I was like, "Here's the thing: I have too many film friends that are gonna go see it." And I was like, "And there's not really any way to spoil it, anyways, because there's only like, I mean, there is one plot point that like could be spoiled. That's like towards the end of the movie, but I'd have to explain the entire movie, yeah, and then spoil it in order for it to be spoiled. Because if I just told you. Hey, this happens. You'd be like, I have no context. Yeah, no, right. What the fuck does yeah, that mean? Right. Um, but there is a thing with uh, they're in a old rundown casino at one point, and it's like there's like an Elvis and Marilyn Monroe holograms like singing on stage, and I'm like, yeah, it's only. I mean, we're already doing that. They're taking Zappa and Dio out on tour this year. No shit. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, and. You know, with Zappa, they're like, it's great because a new generation will get to see him live. I'm like, it's not seeing him live. It's Go on f- YouTube. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> like, nobody needs to see something that's not what it is or, like, uh, a program of it. That, that Like, if Zappa would be rolling over in his grave if, right. that, if he knew that was going on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I think Dio is a little bit different. Like, I, I have no interest in seeing that either, but, like... We've sort of put Dio on this pedestal, or at least certain people have since he died, and I'm like, yeah, he was always the second best singer from Black Sabbath. Like he was, yeah. he was, he was always a footnote in my opinion. Like, yeah, dude can sing. I don't give a shit about what he was singing though. Like, right. I mean, I, I'm like, I don't even like Ozzy solo. You know, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I like Black Sabbath. I like some crazy joint. Yeah, I, I mean, I like some of those songs, but as far as like, you know, like when he's when Ozzy finally dies and people can be like, oh my God, he was fucking amazing. No, the dude can barely sing. He certainly can barely talk. Yeah, I agree. And he's not a musician. He's just a vocalist and he doesn't even write the lyrics. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. just like, okay. He's, you know. But people, yeah, people make people like that have to be way more than sure what they are. I mean, like, that's the whole, that's pop culture. Sure. I mean, Sinatra people put him up on this pedestal and he didn't write stuff, but at least Sinatra can fucking sing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sinatra had vibe. He had. He was a legend in his own right. Um, and he he kind of created a mystique around himself, which I guess you could use the same argument with Ozzy. But you know, Ozzy created his with piss and biting the heads off. Yeah, flying things. Well, it was shock. Yeah. You know? uh, I was telling my friends the other night, I'm gonna start tributing people who haven't died yet. Yeah. Just, just do tribute. Tribute. Like, tribute to. Yeah. Uh, Bob Dylan, we have Paul McCartney one coming out. We, you know yeah. what I mean? Just they hit it before everybody does. Sure. That way, if any of them pass away. It's like, I had three gigs this weekend, all of which, I mean, I love Tom Petty. Yeah. But we all, everyone played yeah. Tom Petty songs. You know? In this past week? This weekend, like, I yeah. Gig Friday, Saturday, and last night. And, like, everyone, I pretty much did American Girl. Every every night, yeah. Which I love that song, but I'm more of a fan of deep cuts. Sure. Well, I mean, I I like Petty, but like like uh, Wildflowers is like a, a, like one of my favorite albums of his. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. It was that. What's that song? Don't wreck me. You um, wreck me, baby. You wreck me. Yeah, baby. yeah, yeah. That one we were going to play, and then we ended up playing American Girl because. The singer just had found, done some research or whatever, but found out that was the last song he ever right. sang. Yeah, at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I was so, gonna say it was only it's like a, a month ago, ago that he, or like oh, yeah. a couple. Yeah, no, I think it was yeah, like September, it was like two or three weeks ago yeah. that he, he played here in town. Yeah, I remember because sure. most of my friends went. Went. He played on my birthday too. And, uh, there was this festival in Pasadena. Yeah. Called Seco Arroyo or something. Yeah, but they were the one of the headliners. Did you ever see him? I've seen him a couple times yeah. at some festivals. Um, I never saw him, but it was also he was one of those guys that like I love liked him, but I think he was like a true blue American 
musical icon. Sure, for sure. Like one of the best songwriters of all time, I think. And then, you know, vocally, like, maybe not the best. I mean, he, it's like, just like Bob Dylan goes through different, like, periods of what he sounds like and then ends up sounding like Bob Dylan. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but, like, there are some songs that just, like, will take me to a place. Sure. From him. Oh yeah, and and if somebody does that or somebody has that sort of um, level of connection, then I feel, uh, hey, you know, that, that they just have that sort of um, je ne sais quoi, I guess. Well, and Love. he's one of the few artists that I think cuts across most lines, um, at least with. You know, going from my own experience, which is mostly, you know, upper, lower class to lower upper class, yeah. white America. Yeah. Um, I know conservatives and liberals that both love Tom Petty. Yeah, I exactly. have, you know, blue collar and and white collar that love Tom Petty. Um, yeah, he sort of like blurs that line, I feel like. Yeah. Because, you know, his music definitely spans a lot of styles you you can hear some country stuff and like him in yeah. that circuit and then you have like the rock pop stuff but I, I think my favorite is the first and second album like that rock and roll yeah Amer i mean i love american girl but like just that album is just to me the essence of tom petty mm. it's that early rock and roll he's late 70s he's throwing back to rock and roll 15 years ago yeah. from where he was and like that's just it's just got all this bite and vitality and to me that's that's what I love about artists and like even that and Dan like I, if you listen to some of the songs on the record he sounds like Bowie at the time yeah you know like he that's what he's stretching for on his vocals you know well if you see early early promo shots of the Heartbreakers like he's got he's got the, the pale complexion and he's yeah. got a little makeup on a little him. androgyny like, yeah and then I think they're just like nah that doesn't necessarily work for you yeah but like yeah he doesn't he, he doesn't embrace that he's got a little much, too much machismo right but, right know? yeah but like I love his voice in that time period and you know the sounds uh, I just like that sound of things um, I didn't even know that he started as a bass player until he started, until yeah. Mud Crutch, like, you know, until they made a record 40 years after the band had broken up, um, which is, I mean, Mud Crutch is basically, was the early incarnation of the Heartbreakers, but with another guitar player and I think a different drummer. But yeah. It was him, Mike Campbell, and Ben Montench. Oh, Mike was in the band at that point. <sighs> I'm not sure. I don't know if Mike Campbell was an original member of uh, Mike Crutch or not, yeah. but when they, maybe the original guitar player died and he was just like, hey, why don't you come play on this? And, you know, because Petty was the bass player on Mike Crutch, so he just, you know, went back to that. But, um, I mean, and at that point it was basically like, you know, like, well, it basically sounds like Tom Petty and Heartbreakers. Yeah, for sure. You know, but... You know, I'm sure he wanted it, it. was fun to get back with his high school. Yeah. Friends. Have you seen that the Petty Doc? I think it's there's one. It came out about ten years ago. Yeah. 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 Like super. Yeah. Long. Yeah. It's yeah. I think it's. I think, I think it's like, like two eighties. Yeah. I'm like, all right. I'm, I think the the I live this one. I don't need to know. Anymore. Yeah. The the last part that I really remember was when. Dave Grohl played drums with him on Saturday Night Live, yeah. and it had only been like two months after Kurt had died. Yeah. It was the first public performance, and he was like, I wasn't ready to play drums, but when Tom Petty asked you to play drums with him, you don't say no. Yeah. So, yeah. For real. A bunch of people, when Petty died this week, or last week, were posting the picture with, you know, Dave Grohl playing behind him, but like, and he's another dude who, who will like, he plays with fucking everyone. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's sort of, I mean, I've seen it in writing. It's like love, love. Who's he? He's like, call him the ambassador of rock. Yeah, I'm not. 
You're not a Dave Grohl fan. Oh. As his pl- oh, I'll buy what he's selling. That's interesting that you said because he's because I met him years ago. He I'm, seems super chill, but I I just a I'm not a big Foo Fighters fan. Yeah. Well, B. Do you see the Sound City doc? Huh? Did you see the Sound City documentary that he did? The Sound City Real to Real that Dave Roll did years ago, uh, like three or four years ago. Was it? Wait, wasn't it like the Sonic? Well, his first thing he the thing on HBO. This was Sonic before, Highway. Or this something. was before that. This that was, yeah, I didn't see what you're talking about. It's basically like the same idea, but it was specifically about Sound City Studio, um, and which is the place where that that dude. Um, a lot of people recorded there, and he actually when they tore well, when he, they tore it down, he took the the Neve console and put it in his studio six hundred six, which is where the Foo Fighters do most of their stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was like you know he talked to Tom Petty, he talked to um, Stevie Nicks, he talked to guys from Rat because like yeah. everyone had recorded there. That's where they recorded Nevermind, but it was like the studio was being dismantled. Um, but but you did see Sonic Highways. Yeah, like there was some essence about the the show that was cool. I mean, I I'm, I love music history. Yeah, whatever genre it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I always find that stimulating, and also um, in some ways helps my playing, just knowing where things come from. Sure, sure. The lineage. And so some of that aspect I thought was cool. And, and then, then they each had a song ended with the most boring part the, of the show. The, the song. worst thing that they ever wrote and played, and like you know, well, if seeing you're saying that you haven't heard the new Foo Fighters record. Well, exactly, I haven't. <laughs> but seeing him pan out, like writing about the city, and yeah, and I was like, oh, like, how about if I put this in here? Because yeah, because like they were throwing dimes around at the time, right? Like, it's so cheesy. Yeah, and as well as and like, okay, well, we're in. We're in Austin. We're going to have Gary Clark Jr. play on it, and it's yeah. just like and he's a great player. But it's like I'm sure his dream was not. Oh, sweet! I get to play on a Foo Fighters record yeah, for real. Um, and that was the thing too, like because being like I'm a Foo Fighters fan, but when that new record came out, like a month and a half ago or whatnot, or however long ago it was, you know, I, I post a little thing on it, and I was just like. Oh, that's right. Because you were no, you were giving me a hard time about REM. I was trying to. Uh, I hate. I know you hate REM, but <laughs> the Foo Fighters. I was just like, all right, well, I guess I've accepted the fact that they're not going to make like they're done making stellar records. Like, yeah, it's like at it's point, not bad. It's boring, which to me is worse than bad because bad at least evokes an emotion. Sure. I'm just like, yeah, this sounds like the radio it? on in the background. Yeah, yeah. But at what point does a band like that like? not have the ability to make good records is that just like a you can only do it for a certain time period yeah that you're living because you're actually living a rock and roll or right. like once you're past that like you have no like why are they trying to like, i don't understand bands like that like who continue to release albums like fucking you know u2 and even paul mccartney's last album it's garbage. Right. And so why are they putting like this out when these are people that have made amazing music at certain points of their life? How can they not discern right. that this is like not being good? Not, yeah. You know? I think of all the bands like who came about who were like new bands when I started to listen to music, like in the last couple of years, like um, talking to someone because like I didn't hate that last Soundgarden record. Yeah. But I didn't love it. Sure. And, you know, that, that's that's the last Soundgarden record, obviously. Um, I mean, they haven't officially made a statement, but let's, sure. Soundgarden is not yeah, going to continue. Chris Cornell, yeah. Um, but the only band who's, like, put out new records from, like, that era that are... Like, 90s? Yeah. Um, those two Nine Inch... Or not Nine Inch Nails, those two Alice in Chains reunion records, like... I think you're great albums. I'm not the one I'm talking about. Right. But <laughs> but as far as like, I still love Pearl Jam. Yeah. But I haven't been excited about a Pearl Jam yeah, record yeah, in 15 sure. years. Yeah. And they put a new album out. I get it. I listen to it twice. And I'm like, yeah, that goes on the shelf now. Yeah. And then when I see them every like four or five years, they're going to play two songs from I'm that. I'm trying to think like, 
I feel like it's probably been a minute since they released an album, but Green Day, I feel like, is... It's probably been, like, American Idiot was probably a long time ago. That was, like, point. 12, 13 years ago now. I think they've put out... Two, no, I was going to say two albums, but they put out, like, five albums because they did that trilogy of albums. Oh, like, right. And those were not terrible, but they were, like... Oh, it, they were all, like, it was three, like, 12-song yeah. albums that came out all within, like, 12 months of each other. Yeah. And it was, like, Uno Dos, Trey. Oh, that's right. And there was maybe half a dozen good songs across Yeah, even, three like, the Chili Peppers, uh, Danny California shit. Not a fan. Yeah. I, I feel like the last album I liked of theirs was California Cajun. Yeah. And, like, the other was a Stadium Arcadia or whatever. Garbage. Well, with the chili peppers, I like I realized like six or seven years ago that the only reason I still listen to him at all was because of John Frusciante. Yeah, is he not in the band? No, he right? quit five or six years ago. They've done two records without him. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't need that. Yeah. You know, um, I don't need to hear some white dude try to rap and stuff. Well, and it was. <laughs> I mean, I looked at it and I was like, their you know their best album came out. 25 years ago now. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, but even still, like, Californication is an amazing album. Yeah, and even, by the way, had some moments on it, but it was just like, yeah, yeah, that Stadium Arcadium double album, I was like, there's, you didn't need to put out a double no, album. No, like, I just, I don't even, I'm trying to think of artists from that time, or even earlier that, are making relevant music still. Just making music that, like, there's a difference between relevance and, and just good, because, Relevance today is a relative term, I guess. Is, <laughs> but like, you know, relevance to what the youth? Right. They all like shit music, you know. Like they're all yeah. like fucking. How about that? Catch me outside. That that shit. Yeah. You know, or like, just stuff that's not doesn't have a lot of substance to it. Um, but like, I guess D'Angelo. You know, his his first record came out in '95. God, was it that long ago? Yeah, Brown Sugar. Yeah, because... I mean, he's only released three records. I was going to say, the third one came out, like, what, like, two, two and a half years ago, and that was... Yeah, I thought that was only his third record. And that is a phenomenal album. But, I mean, he had, what, like, a 13, 14-year gap between the second and And some of those songs were, like, sort of... Reworked. Recorded way back when, and then done kind of vibe, but, like... It's not like he was spending 15 years making it. He just... You yeah. took a high ideas. Yeah. Um, but, like, I would say, like, his music, I mean, it's just cutting edge. It just has that kind of uh, vibe to it. But I'm just trying to think of other people from just older cats, like, doing stuff that, like, are, are still putting out albums that just don't do not do anything anymore. Right. Uh, you know, these mega people. Neil Young still puts... It's the thing about... <laughs> hey... It's just the mail. Oof. <laughs> um, the thing about Neil Young is, because he puts out like two albums a year. And he just like, put out an album that he just found. Yeah, which... Hitchhiker? Yeah, which is I good. It's, but it's... But it's from like way back in the day. Yeah, and, and half those songs ended up on other albums, but it's all just him and guitar. And they're all first yeah. first tape recordings done Love. at a home studio. Love. Uh, he just said, you know, him and the engineer went up to this house, um, did a bunch of coke, and just he's, you know, just sat and recorded for two hours. Yeah. And he ended up reworking some of those songs, but it's good. I mean, it's sparse, which is the Neil Young stuff that I usually like the most, anyways. Because he just like six months before that, he put out an album with. Uh, it's a promise of the real, which is um, Willie Nelson's kids band, okay. and the playing's good, but it's all about like Monsanto and stuff like that. So it's just oh, like it's sure. real heavy-handed, yeah, and it's just yeah. like, and I get it. And you know, obviously, his heart's been in that place for a while. He's been doing farming for thirty years, but it's like, you know, love. People don't really want to listen to preachy concept records. Uh, but the thing about Neil Young is. Even if he puts out an album that I hate, six months later there'll be another Neil Young record. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he's, he's constantly. I don't think he's trying to like create something for it to be like a like a new 
know, marketed thing. No, he just yeah. does what he does. Right. Totally. Same thing and Van Morrison just put out a new album and like But Van Morrison has been denying that was releasing albums on Luno Records. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is just a whole different yeah. market, you know. And and I, I kind of feel like and I like the new Van Morrison record, but I couldn't like if you played me a Van Morrison song from the last thirty years, I probably couldn't tell you which record it came from. Yeah, for sure. They're all kind of like interchangeable. And it's a high quality thing, but it is sort of like there's a sameness to it. So and I'm yeah. I'm certainly, you know, at forty one on the younger end of the spectrum of Van Morrison fans. Most of them are like sixties and seventies at this point. Yeah, I'm a, I mean Astral Weeks is a great album, the yeah. dance is obviously fantastic mm-hmm. album. And then to what Two Below Honey? That's Two Below Honey, yeah. It's a good album. And then other than that, I, I don't know much. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing too, is like I mean, every record that he's put out in the last forty years, there's at least one standout outstanding song and a bunch of solid songs. Oh, you know who released an album recently that's pretty good? Oh. Jeff Lynn. I think it is it's solo, it's not I don't think it's yellow. Yeah, I don't think he's done all of his stuff in a while. Yeah, but he just released a new album the last couple months. Yeah, and I think my friend, pretty, it's pretty good. Do you do you know Eric Ott? Yes. Yeah, and he's I don't know him well, but I know he's him. a huge fan of his, and I think he was raving about. It. He just opened for uh, Matthew Cause from Not a Surf in Portsmouth oh, two nights ago. Um, three S, shit's bass. Yeah, shit space. Yeah, I'm not uh, a fan. Well, the space is great. The way they run it, you know. It's a little uh, nose in the air. Yeah, and uh, the guy who came up with the concept, uh, you probably know Chris, uh, Grenier, uh, or Griner, depending on who you talk I feel like about. I know the name. Yeah, he got, you know, he got fucked over hard on that like it was you know he put in a lot of work on that and they ended up using him as a scapegoat to what um and again this is just my perspective I mean I have some some knowledge of stuff but basically it was a it was done as a non-profit but there's a lot of people who put money into it who were expecting to get something back something back and a lot of the shows were not making money totally. uh, and for for a number of reasons and because he was the one who kind of curated the artists they're like okay well if these shows aren't making money point your finger at the guy who's bringing in the artist and uh, even though it was designed to be a non-profit and you know put the art before the I mean, commerce I, I, I think right when I left that place went up. Yeah. And of all the stuff that I've seen online and Facebook, it was always promoted as such. Yeah. You know, like this is like for the community. This yeah. is like trying to like, you know, bring the high quality art and artists in in this area and here's a great spot for us to make it happen. Right. You know. Um, I know a lot of local artists were kind of but heard that there weren't more opportunities for local bands to play there because it was mostly national acts that were playing, uh-huh. uh, but kind of like unknown or lesser known national acts. Um, and, and I think that was part of the problem. They, they didn't, it wasn't, it was such a niche thing that that was part of the thing. And also it seemed to me that social media was pretty much the only way they advertised. So, and just the way like Facebook algorithms work, I would hear about shows, I would see things for shows two days after they had happened. Shit. And I was yeah. like, if that's the only way you're going to, like, not even taking out ads and, Yeah, you, know. you can't just rely on Yeah. On. Well, I mean, it was, this has been Old Man Gloom, who is like a super group. Uh, they're a heavy band, but it's like one of the guys from Converge, one of the guys from Caven, one of the guys from that band, Isis, uh, and they're all from different parts of the country at this yeah. point. And they literally played three shows. They played out here, they played New York, and they played Portsmouth. And the whole reason that happened is because Chris is related to the drummer, and he called in a favor. And, you know, I was excited about that show because 
they only get together and play shows like every six or seven years. And I was there and it was a Sunday night and there was, I mean, the place only holds, I think it's like 400 people. And there was maybe 75 people there. Yeah. It was a great fucking show. They put on a great show. And then like two days later, it was like, oh, how come I didn't hear about this show? You know, and they, both the LA and the New York show sold out within like a half an hour of the tickets going on sale. So it's just like, it's not a problem with the artists. There's, not- there's more of a, I don't know, in these markets, there's just, hey, love, it's just water I drink. There's more of a, you know, that, that sort of just system of people promoting or people knowing about or, you know, I'm, I'm sure like they were probably playing at a venue a lot of venues are sort of like booked by Golden Voice or right. Live Nation, sub Live Nation companies that like just like are always putting their shit out there, you know. And then you play 3S Art Space and like what is their parent yeah, ticketing there, or marketing? Yeah, there isn't. And it's, right. I mean, they use the event right to sell tickets. Yeah, and like that, that's not, yeah. Because like all these like live, live Nation or Golden Voice or a lot of the ones that I see, um, you just you just see that either on billboards or in I don't really look at or you or you have an app that like hey you you've gone to see these bands yeah this band's playing too. yeah and it, you, you just or you get the emails or whatever yeah. you know like yeah it's it's it, I don't know it's more uh, I just I just face. think back to when I was in high school and stuff like that first starting to go show to shows and I'm like before all social media I'm like. How the fuck did I find out about yeah. shows? I think it was like listening to the radio and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely the radio um, was huge in that. It well, still is, still too. is big. The radio, I feel like I, I don't. I listen to the radio, but it's usually a jazz or classical station. Right. right. But sometimes I'll I'll switch to K Rock or another one where they'll just be like, you know, I'm playing here. It's this and this. You know, even the jazz stations have like, you know, they're they're talking about certain artists that are playing in yeah. town. Um, K-Rock's one of the few like remaining like big rock radio stations in the, in the country. Yeah, we, we had our stuff played on there last. The years did? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. What, uh, what, what show? Like, was it, uh, was it a local show or was it just? Yeah, I think it was like a Sunday night at like 12 or something. Whatever. Yeah, whatever, exactly. So, I mean, it's Los Angeles. It's a massive one. Sure. Yeah. I mean, even if hardly any of their listeners are tuning in, probably 10,000 people heard your song. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Do you guys have a record out? Uh, just an EP. I'm, I'm Digital or physical? Um, digital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people are doing what? I mean, yeah. It's just like, what? how much? It doesn't really make much, much sense, especially on... I mean, I was going to say... If you have a distributor, that's something different. Because then you can either put it in, I don't know, different places. People who still buy physical music go there. Or like the vinyl. I mean, vinyl is still big. I mean, that's what I... For work. Sure. You know, like I still make a lot of album package stuff. Right. Because they'll do it for vinyl. and um, You know. But it's definitely like... Some people come to me and... Like, oh, I only don't have a budget for this. I'm like, well, I would recommend you give me most of that. <laughs> right. And then don't spend it on CDs that nobody's going to buy. Right. You know? That you're going to be giving away for the next two years. Yeah. Um, um, I'm surprised, though, because, like, I I wanted to pick up the, the score to Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Digital only. Even though it's a Warner Brothers and Sony. Digital only. Yeah. I mean, which happens a lot with scores now, but I'm like, it's fucking Blade Runner. Like... And I didn't want it on vinyl because I came of age buying my music on CD. So yeah. that's, I love vinyl, but it's not fucking practical, especially where right now my home is parked outside sure. of the, the of course. You know, um, it's funny. My buddy Greg, um, who actually is from Boston, and I was in a band with him back there. He works at a, uh, you know, the band Waves. Yeah, yeah. So they sort of own like this. It's two V's in the name. Yep. Right? Yep. They own this uh, 
record store that is sort of like just a the retail front, just so they can have like a shipping place for their merch. And sure. Whatever. So he sort of because his buddy uh, sort of runs the label that they're on, and, and so it's a labels store. store. Yeah. So my buddy works there. They they just sell records from that label in soundtracks. Yeah. It's all just vinyl. There's no CDs, but like they have like the craziest array of uh, scores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know, you know the group Atmosphere, the rap group? Yeah. So when I was in Minneapolis a week and a half ago or whatever, they, so they have a record store, but it's basically the same thing. It's called Fifth Element, and it's basically where they keep all the back stuff back stock when they're not on tour. Basically. And but they also carry other they've got like a huge section of Minneapolis hip hop and then another section of just national hip hop. Like there's no rock stuff, but they also have a ton of soundtracks. Yeah. And they've got like that's I bet it's cool. that's probably good for crazy digging. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. and you know I, I I bought a shirt and a couple other things and you know talked to the chick who was working there and she had actually remembered me from a couple of years ago when I had been there. I, I, pretty much whenever I'm in the Twin Cities, I pop in there. Just yeah. I'm a fan of, of Atmosphere and a bunch of other artists from Minneapolis. You, so. you, you, you came to LA a couple of days late. Yeah. Did they just play? No. Amy Shark did. Oh, yeah. Did, didn't you say you had a friend who just joined yeah, there? Both of my friends are playing for it. Right yeah. Now. They played at the Fonda. They're on tour. She's on tour with. Uh, do you know who Vance Joy is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's supporting him. I gotcha. And then Bobazi. Yeah, uh, I I've, I follow her on Instagram and stuff like that. It's funny because like, because right now physically she only has an EP of it, and it's not even available in the U.S. physically. She's she's getting her rounds on the promo world. She's, uh, I think she's gonna be on the Corden show. Yeah. In November. Well, she's she's, she's getting like it's funny she's getting thrusted higher and higher yeah you know in, in a good way obviously um because the first time i saw it so my buddy trent so you know those posters i make the rusty boys yeah yeah the two-thirds of the rusty boys is touring right now okay so trent who's one of my really good friends drummer he toured with her back in um june yeah probably when you saw it and it was just her mm-hmm. and the drummer. Yeah. That's Trent. Okay. And so she called him up in August or something and was like, I'm going on tour with Vance Joy for a month. And, and then with this band Bleachers for a month. And they're gonna do oh, that's uh, Europe Jack Antonoff's band, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's so um, my buddy Sam is playing keys. So it's just like, um, is it just the three of them, or does she have a guitar just the three too? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's she plays guitar. Yeah, her, but I mean, her stuff. Some of it you can barely hear the guitar because it's I, so. And there, there, there's a. I may end up in the band. Yeah. It's just she doesn't have budget for three people. Sure. Or for three extra people. One, I feel like maybe once that comes, because she's sort of just like building, 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 um, and like they just played. Austin City Limits this weekend, and I feel like, you know, but if you, hey, come on Friday, you would have been a party on top of the Fonda either. Uh, um, well, if you end up playing with her, tell her if she saw a spike in digital sales in New Hampshire in the last couple of months, it's because I turned like a bunch of people onto her and yeah. like, check this out. She is pretty sweet. I mean, I saw her when they played um, in June in L.A., they, she, they played this place called Bardo, which is like, it's a great showcase spot. Yeah. Um, it's right across the street from the Capitol building. Um, and she played and she was killing it. Yeah. You know, she, she's got vibe. She's, you know, she's not like you're fresh out of the gate, super young girl. She's yeah, she's, she's older than, yeah, I thought when I initially like, Discovered her because I assumed she was like 24, 25. Nah, she's like 32, 33. But she's already. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, she's got five. And um, I think that's sort of like key. Yeah, I think it's carried over to fan, her fan base. For sure. For sure. 
Um, yeah, because most of the people I've been turning it on to are like, you know, you know, my age or your age. I mean, because you're, I think you're like five years younger than me. So yeah. Like five, yeah. Five, yeah. So six years younger than me. That's yeah. fucking old. Yeah. Yeah. Get in there. Get in there. It's ridiculous. Tell me about it. Well, um, cool, man. Um, I should probably, I should probably head out. Yeah. It's like a pooch outside, right. but uh, it's it's funny because like. This is day 16 of the trip, and it, like I feel like I've been out on the road for like two months. Months, yeah. Been two weeks, but it's also just, it's weird because I've been going to different places, and almost every day I see someone I know. From you, yeah, day. you're changing your, your environment drastically every day. Yeah, and it's kind of cool seeing people I know from all different like parts of my life, and yeah. it's also funny when like people I know from different parts of my life live like in the same city or stuff like that, but I've never met. You know, sure. So, right. I mean, like my buddy Joseph, who I just was talking to two hours ago or whatnot. Um, he's an amazing musician too. Um, it's one of those things that I'm like, oh, you guys might get along, but you guys might also hate each other's guts. But it's but like there's like next to no chance that you guys would meet organically in a city this size. Totally. You know. What yeah. I mean? I'd be surprised. It's like. Yeah, I don't know. I, this this town is like the most random town in the world. Like the other night, you watch Game of Thrones. Okay, I'm not. Uh, it's one of those shows that everyone who knows me is like, dude, I can't believe you don't watch it. And it's it's, it's a good show. Yeah, I, I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah. but like, I like some swearing. I like some boobs. Yeah, I like some blood, and I like a little, you know, witch sword fantasy bullshit. It hasn't been an intentional thing. I just I didn't have HBO when it yeah. first came on, and then like I had HBO for a window of about two years, but was doing so much shit that I was just like, "All right, it's in like the fourth season at this point. I'm gonna have to start at the beginning for sure. I don't want to, you know. You're I gonna have, have one long month where you're just binging. Yeah, like, you'll wa- you'll start watching, it and you're gonna be like, this is fucking." This is intense. And then after the third episode, you'd be like, oh, okay, I'm getting it. Yeah. And then after the fourth, you're like, all right, I better call everybody. I'm not hanging out with someone. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those things I'm like, all right, if I ever, like, <clears throat> break both my legs or something and I'm, like, bedridden for, like, two months yeah. or something like that, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, you have something to get to. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get into The Wire until, like, years after it was on. and then, But I watched the first four seasons in the space of, like, a month. Yeah, it's a good show. So, I still haven't seen the fifth season. But, like, the other night, I was at a party, my, my buddies, and uh, one of the characters is kind of, like, main character for... Because they kill a lot of people. Off. Right. She was on the show for a while. She was there. And we were vibing. Yeah. <laughs> but she was all... We were chilling. Like, I got there. It, it was Peter Dinklage, wasn't it? Yeah, no. No, it was... Um, I forget her... Name on the show, yeah. but her name is Nat. She's from Spain, but she grew up in England too. Yeah. Um, but she's uh, friends with a person whose birthday party is a Saturday night. Yeah. And like we were just hanging and you know shooting the shit and having a great combo and you know there's some touchy feely stuff and then they, everybody's doing drugs. That night. <laughs> I don't really do drugs. Yeah. I smoke my weed. I actually don't even really drink. Yeah, like I'm just driving and whatnot. Like yeah. I have a beer too. I smoke my weed, you know. Yeah. But everybody's doing Molly and Coke, and I'm just right. like, so over the course of that, it's just like progressively just getting weirder and yeah, and like touchier, and then I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's not my scene, really. But, sure. Um, but I was saying, I mean, this town is so random. You just come across all these random people. Um, like, I mean, you know, Matty Carropel. I went to a party where he was at, and I hadn't even seen him since I've been in town. Yeah. And I'm like, Matt, what's up? And we live so close to each other. Yeah. Um, just weird shit. Like every Wednesday night, Jeff Goldblum plays at this. Yeah, he plays piano, right? Yeah, yeah. the Rockwood he plays jazz piano, and you know, like this. I just this. Town is just one of the most random towns um, I've ever lived in. 
like just like the like the things that you've never like in the f first couple of years of two years of me being here I same same venue yeah I met Steven Tyler because his daughter was playing and like we chilled in the back room and we were yeah. talking about fucking uh, New Hampshire yeah I don't know nine eight months later I met Harrison Ford yeah same place his sons were playing at this venue right you know and like this is right when Force Awakens is coming out too and yeah. like I was like I just found it weird that he was out because like, yeah I just feel like he's on like promo world you know before, sure before the movie but like things like that just like happen at a high rate of frequency sure well yeah. last time I was here which was about two and a half years ago a friend of, a friend of mine who's vegan actually my friend who I'm meeting tomorrow morning um, she's like you gotta go to my friend's vegan donut shop and I was like eh I'm kind of hit or miss with yeah. vegan stuff and she's like trust me I was like alright and honestly God we're the best best donuts I've ever had while we were there and all our donuts I forget the name of the place but all our donuts are named after bands and stuff like that and like I got the Hooster Blue donut but while we were there Tegan and Sarah came in oh, right. but it was funny because me and my friend were talking and Taylor Swift came on the radio and my friend's like bitching about Taylor Swift yeah. and, I, and she's like what do you think about her and I kind of gave my opinion because I was like like I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but I'm like, the fact that she writes her own songs, she controls her masters, and she did it, at least at that point, without shaking her tits and ass, and yeah. just kind of doing it. I was like, I got mad respect for that. And, you know, then the door opened, this girl walks in, and I was like, oh, that girl just walked in, looks like Tegan and Sarah. And I'm like, oh, the girl right behind her looks like Tegan yeah. and Sarah. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. So, and, you know, I kind of working at the casino ballroom, that kind of helped me get over being, like, starstruck Same. and stuff. Yeah. But... I was like, fuck it out here. I was like, and, I, and I'm legitimately a big Tegan and Sarah fan. So my friend went to the bathroom. I was like, I gotta do it. I, was, I walked over. I was like, hey, I hate the body. Can I grab a picture real quick? And they're like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, so I took a picture, and then they're like, just so you know, we think Taylor Swift's pretty awesome too. And they, and then I found out later they had just finished opening for her for like six weeks. Yeah. So it was yeah, just yeah. like, oh, okay. But that was like my like fucking Hollywood moment. Yeah, I feel like I've, I've sort of. I feel like there's probably a couple of people that if I saw them, I'd be like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. but like at this point, like I remember when I saw Harrison Ford, I was like, man, he's a lot shorter than I would. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I was like, I'm not going to bother him. Like, yeah. Dude, like, I, I feel like I know who he is. He doesn't want to be bothered. I'm just going to, and, and most people, I'm usually like that. There's, I remember in the last couple months, there's this coffee shop that I lived near. And um, I'd seen a lot of random celebs or musicians there. Yeah. Um, Let me take a picture of you while you're talking with me. Uh, <laughs> my podcast. Oh, who's that? It's, it's, it's just the name of my podcast. Do, 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 do. But continue. So, like, in the, I don't know, in the last year, I've seen a bunch. I've seen Skrillex there. I've seen, you know, like. Is his hair always greasy? Yeah, he got actually like kicked out because like he was smoking a cigarette within like the you know Smoke the four year range, right. range and they're like you need to leave and he got all pissed and left. <laughs> I was like and I'm sitting over here probably like uh, the next uh, building over and I'm smoking a cigarette and like I'm just, just laughing at the whole thing. But I don't know if you know who Michelle and Davy Ocello is. Sure, yeah, she's a great bass player. Yeah. So I've seen her there a lot recently. Yeah. And like we've sort of, like the first time I saw her, it, it was like, I don't know, maybe a half hour, hour before the place closed, probably yeah. like eight. And then she was sitting there by herself. And I'm like, you're Michelle, right? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I was just like, you're one of my biggest fucking influences yeah. as a bass player. Yeah. Like that is my shit. Like that's. I, is she left handed? No, I can't. Remember. I couldn't remember. Um, but like, I I was just like, I was a little starstruck because sure. like that's one of my idols. Like, sure, as a musician, that's like, you know, spent years learning her stuff, and like then you know look back and realize that you know my playing is indicative of that. Sure. So I was just like, you know, I'm a big fan, blah blah. blah. Like it was, I don't really know what to say. I don't do this that much. Thanks. Yeah. Know? 
And like I've seen her, I don't know, a handful of times at the, sort of in the same area since. Yeah. And she knows my name now. Yeah. And it's chill. And um, I met her probably 20 years ago yeah. at an electro party uh, in Boston. It was the same night that I met Busta Rhymes. Oh, right. Uh, and it was weird because like it was it was a release party, but it wasn't for either of them. It was just they were happened to be there. It was just it was just you know because I was working for Strawberries at the time back okay. when record labels would like invite people who worked at record stores as like a thank you for like helping sell some shit. And yeah. it was just I don't even remember whose release party it was, but uh, and it was just like, hey, this is Michelle. You know that was that yeah. was it. Um, I actually had a conversation for like two minutes with Buster Rhymes because that dude's tall. Um, yeah, he seemed like a big dude. Yeah, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, I just, uh, and and to your point with Taylor Swift, <clears throat> I saw her a couple years ago on her whatever album I was tour. Yeah, nineteen eighty nine tour, yeah, probably. Yeah, because yeah. that was the one that kind of blew her open to the rest of the world. Yeah. So my friend Trent played with Vance Joy for a tour, mm-hmm. um, and so. Vance Joy was on that tour. Hein was on that tour. Um, and so they played the Stable Center. She played the Stable Center six or seven nights in a row. Yeah. You know, and each night was a special different guest. Yeah. Know? And the night I went, it was Selena Gomez, Justin Timberlake, and fucking Phoebe Buffet. Smelly cat. Yeah. I'm saying Smelly cat. But, um, and I'm, like, up there, like, the whole show, like, there's, like, the, the stage, or your, your classic stage in the back of yeah. the thing, but then there's a long catwalk that goes in the middle of, like, where the, the court is, or the basketball court. Right. And, um, and I'm just right next to the catwalk, you know? Yeah. And I'm in a sea of little fucking teens that, like, yeah. you know, probably, like, super rich dads, little girls that get them these expensive dope ass seats you know and i was just like she was just looking at us the whole time like, yeah. smiling because we're the only dudes there <laughs> right you know? right but like i was thoroughly impressed yeah i was like man this like i i can't say that i'm you know gonna bop my head to her music by myself and listen to it yeah um but like as a performer as some going to see this show yeah damn yeah, like it's no joke. I mean, you gotta have some talent to be pulling all this shit off, you know. Like all her songs, the, the dance stuff. I mean, she had like all these crazy dancers and stage yeah. set up, like. And then like she'll do a couple acoustics. She did a couple acoustic songs, and I was just really impressed. Yeah. You know? um, I, do you, Do you hear um, Do you ever hear Ryan Adams for? Yeah, I, I love that. Version. Yeah, and then and then and, there was the. Father John Misty one. Yeah, yeah. But he took that one down. Yeah. Like, he was doing it. Did he do the whole record? I think he did a couple songs in the vein of Lou Reed. Yeah. Or Velvet Underground or something. Right. And, like, I think it was, like, a week later, he wrote something online. It was like, oh, Lou Reed came to me in a dream and told me to turn that shit off. <laughs> so he took it down. But the Ryan Adams, uh, it was funny, my friend Nate, plays on the record he toys with Ryan Adams yeah a drummer um and like Taylor Swift sent him a couple bottles of Cristal yeah it was like sent everybody that was on the record yeah like thank you I love this yeah you know, it's kind of funny well and as much as like it was, I, I liked it I was like I, I'm, I'm not a huge Ryan Adams fan but uh, I can get lost in his music sure and I and I also like the fact that like because, you know, to be totally honest, that was sort of my entry point. Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a fairly big Ryan Adams fan. Yeah. And the fact, like, his whole point behind it was, like, you know, you strip away all the production. These are great songs. Great songs, yeah. And that's why I did He's like, it was mainly an exercise for myself. And when I got, like, four or five songs into it, I was like, fuck it, I'll do the whole record. Yeah. And, and I was like, all right. So, yeah, yeah so, no, I was, uh, it is true. And that's the thing. It's like, they're really good songs. Yeah. And, like. The way Ryan did it, I, I loved it. Yeah, you know, I, I do like a lot of his music. I'm not 
listening to it all the time, not sure. familiar with everything. All this sure. and, and he's one of those guys who puts out a ton of Yeah, he's got so many, so many yeah. records. But like, I was, yeah, I was really into that. Yeah. It came out like, this time last year. I feel like. Something like that. Well, cool, man. It was, uh, it was good chatting with you. Definitely yeah. good to see you.